All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the inaugural edition of the We Watch Movies and Then Talk About Them podcast. Here we are. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> so, um, my name is Andrew. I'm here with Becca. Hi, I'm the wife. She's my wife. <laughs> full disclosure. <laughs> um, and Sid is here. She's not my I, wife. I She's my best wheel. friend. <laughs> <laughs> um so basically what we do on this podcast for those of you who are new which is everybody uh we watch movies and then we talk about them so we don't quite have a name locked down yet we don't really have anything locked down yet but if you want to listen to us talk about movies you're in the right place um so today we're going to be talking about slumdog millionaire which is a movie that we just watched it's so really good i really liked it yeah this was my first time and sid's first time but yep. andrew's seen it before i'd seen it before a couple of times but uh so that's the movie that we watched and now we're going to talk about it so you're getting some raw opinions <laughs> raw opinions me and sid <laughs> absolutely no time or effort was put into preparing this that's correct absolutely yep. none so uh for those of you who don't know uh slumdog millionaire directed by danny boyle breakout performance of dev patel who then went on to star in such fantastic films as The Last Airbender. (laughs) 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 And uh, Lion, which is actually significantly better than The Last Airbender. So um, it won eight Academy Awards. I did not know that. It's a lot. Mm -hmm. That's a lot. Um, Run through the list here. For those of you who care, I care. Uh, Best picture, best directing, best screenplay, best cinematography, best editing. Uh, original score and original song. Oh, and sound mixing. Wow. What was the original song? The Jai Ho. Oh. The dance number at the end. Oh, God, really? Is that beautiful? Oh. Right? I don't know. Am I blind? Maybe I'm blind. The dance yes. number was something. That's something. Sp- I guess that's a Bollywood thing. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't really know. I've yeah, only seen one Bollywood, and they dance through a lot of it. So I think it's more of a cultural thing yeah so those of you who are big bollywood fans let us know um so a couple things i wanted to talk about um first of all hot takes good opinions and then i want to look at some of the other um nominees from that year and see if we think that it was uh well deserved so uh let's let's go ahead and do that so first off Becca, hot take. What do you think? I was very impressed with this movie. First time watching it. I didn't know too much going into it, but I was very impressed with all of it. The acting, the colors. I very much enjoyed it. All right. Hot take, Sid, go. Uh, I thought it was really good. I really liked the um, the setup of the flashbacks and the current time and how it uh, connected at the end. Um, uh, I didn't love the cinematography. I mean, it was very good for the film, which um, was trying to portray like the harsh environment of India, um, which was very realistic, but I mean, it wasn't super pleasant to look at. And that's just my uh, whiteness coming out there. Um, <laughs> but I thought it was very good. Death Patel, very good. I'm slightly attracted to him. Um, I think so he was, if he's, I think he was 17 in this film, so he's even hotter than Lion. So Sid's a 17 year old. If at he's heart, so. if he's listening to this, um, you know, 
hit me up. Dev anyway, Patel. very good movie. Dev Patel, if you're out there. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't have to be the third wheel in this podcast. You can yeah. join right in, bud. Dev Patel, come join our podcast. You're invited. <laughs> Standing invitation for Dev Patel. Um, so as for my hot take, this was, I think this was like my second or third time seeing it. And I'm like a, I, I believe that the Oscars are missing out on a very important category which is like best sequence or best scene. I think that there should be an Oscar for like the single best scene in a movie, if that makes sense. And I think that this one, like for me has two standouts. Uh, first off, I freaking love the semi opening where they're kind of running through the city and then it like zooms out at the end. Um, and then the other one, basically anytime that he uses MIA, I'm on board. The other one is the paper plane sequence where they're like doing the they're doing their little hustle on the train and all that kind of stuff. So I, I those two scenes stuck out to me the first couple times that I saw it as well as this time. And then as well, I always forget. I, I 100% of the time think that the answer to the last question is D'Artagnan, and I have a mini heart attack when he picks what is it Aramis? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I always freak out because I'm like, he's going to lose it all. And then it turns out that I was wrong. So <laughs> I need to go read uh, The Three Musketeers. The three musketeers. That's the one. I, don't, I don't need to read books. Books in general. I watch general. movies. Um, so that's, that's my hot take. Um, I was going to do like pre-spoilers and post-spoilers, but then I just spoiled the entire movie. <laughs> Sorry, spoiler alert, everybody. So if you haven't seen the 2009 Best Picture winner, Slumdog Millionaire... <laughs> Uh, you should still go see it because it's really good. Um, I'm looking here at the other nominees from that year for Best Picture. Um, so Slumdog Millionaire, uh, Frost Nixon, The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. So those three I have all seen. And then The Reader and Milk, which I have not seen. Have you guys seen any of those other ones? No, nope. I've seen Benjamin Button and that's it. Which Benjamin Button is... As much as I love David Fincher, kind of a trash movie. Agreed. Um, I'm, <laughs> I mean, the visual effects that it were good, but I was just, I, I don't know. I don't like that movie, so maybe that's just me. <laughs> but maybe it's also not just me. Well, clearly it's just me because it was nominated for Best Picture. So clearly, go, clearly. Go David Fincher, maybe I guess. Maybe it just wasn't a good year for movies. Maybe. It could have been. Um, well, I, I feel like I can't really judge. I haven't seen the other ones yet. Yeah, so. I know. Yeah. Uh, Brad Pitt got nominated for The Curious Case of Benjamin Button, so there's that. Mm. So, um, I mean, it's hard for me to say if I, uh, if I, I, I think out of the ones that I've seen, uh, I enjoyed Frost Nixon quite a bit. Um, but at the same time, I think this one probably was the most impressive out of those listed. Um, I'm going to go ahead and disagree on the cinematography thing. I think the cinematography in this movie is is gorgeous, and I think that they make a lot of very smart choices as far as there are certain parts where it will like speed up or slow down or go into like a kind of choppy frame rate thing. I don't know. It does a good job of like expressing if the scene is hectic or if he's disoriented or whatever. And then Becca mentioned this, but I love the color palette in this movie. I think that they do a really good job of balancing the kind of washed out scenes with the more clearer scenes to differentiate between the the flashbacks and the the present and whatnot. Um 
But those are, what do you, what other thoughts do you guys have? What did you think? Yeah, along with the colors I and the cinematography, I felt like it really brought me into the story more and made me feel like I was almost there in the streets with him and like following him around everywhere he was going. And the colors just did a good job of, of, I don't know, just keeping me invested in like the beauty of the movie. Like there were so many colors and it was so pretty to just watch and like enjoy all the colors. Good. Okay. Correction corner. I did like the photography. Like my, because it's so, I don't know. Um, it just really pulls you into it. Um, you know, India's kind of a crazy place. And so it just kind of pulls you into it, into a hectic environment. And as someone who uh, has anxiety and big crowds freak me out, the cinematography freaked me out when it was, like, speeding up and, you know. So, very good. Um, you know, really pulled you into it. And I'm honestly, like, kind of a little anxious right now just talking about it. Um, but, yeah, really good. I did really like how they threw in some MIA in there and just it was really unexpected and it really worked for the movie I really liked it yeah that was one thing I, was, I wanted to talk about and curious to get you guys thoughts on was the music mm-hmm. there was he did a and it did win best original score so go John Williams what's that like 29 Oscars for that guy Jeez, I don't know he's, he's won a lot um, but in any case um, they did a really uh, interesting mix I thought between oh no what the crap? Oh, the music, the score was by A.R. Rahman. Where did I get John Williams from? You were wrong. I was wrong. Oh, my God. That's so embarrassing. We cannot value Andrew's opinion ever I again. Ruined my credibility in the first Podcast episode. Podcast over. Jeez. Wow. Oh, been great, guys. Clocking out. <laughs> no, um, I thought they did a, a really good job of, like I said, mixing kind of the score as well as, like, the MIA music. And then even, like, later on, he like it was almost like a remix of paper planes that he like threw in her music again i don't know so what i personally really liked it i thought there was a cool mix between orchestral stuff and some electronic stuff and the music really drew me in and i thought really enhanced things but what are you guys thoughts yeah i think while i was watching the movie i definitely noticed the music and the thing that i really liked about it is i feel like it kind of bridged that gap between the slums and like being a millionaire which is what the movie's about but it really the music really captured both that like fast-paced lifestyle as well as like living in the slums and trying to make it day by day so i think that the music was fantastic and did a great job of following the story as well yeah i'd say the music was really good as well um yeah good mix of it i when they first started playing M.I.A., I was, like, a little thrown off. You know, I started laughing. I was like... Because I honestly forgot about this song being thrown in there. Um, but after a while, it just... It really worked with the scene. Um, yeah, it was just... It was really interesting, and it really... Um, yeah, all the music really matched the film um, in any situation, you know, towards the end. Um, when it's a little bit softer and kind of it feels a little bit more... Um, kind of like a resolution has been met whereas before when it's all like the, the crazy music then it feels um a little more crazy for the audience so yeah it really does match the the tone of the movie i'd say 
Right on. Um, another, I was just reading a little bit, and I didn't quite get an answer. Um, do you guys have any idea how, like, true? Because it's based on a true story. I had no idea. I, well, I don't have that. any idea how. It's is the movie based on a book? I think the movie based is on based a on a book, which is based book. on a true story. Okay, if it. I'm right, I didn't. But know I don't that. know. Um. So the the one thing that sometimes um, I have a little bit of a hard time with Danny Boyle with, even though I love him to death, like I said, he is my favorite director, um, is that his his endings are always, if not happy, at least like it works out for the main character. Mm-hmm. Um, so like even in something like Sunshine, at the end, like they beat the bad guy and complete the mission. Like a spoiler for sunshine if you haven't seen it and you're only 11 years i haven't late. seen it well they win okay Oops. <laughs> all right we'll have to watch it sometime um you do like dark movies though you like movies that don't have happy endings yeah so that's uh, i don't know i feel like it's it's a little um that's why i want to find out uh, how how true the movie is if anybody knows let us know um because I'm I'm very curious. Or even something like Train Spotting, which I doubt either of you guys have seen. Nope. Horribly dark movie. I heard that. Um, about heroin in Scotland. Fun. I like it. It's yeah, got yes. Ewan McGregor in it. It's fantastic. Oh, oh I'm in. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sold. <laughs> I should have just told you that from the beginning. It's got Ewan McGregor in it. Also, a lot of heroin. <laughs> wow. Win-win. Yeah. Perfect. Ewan McGregor on heroin. <gasps> What more could you want? There's a whole... My biggest fantasy right there. <laughs> there's a whole sequence where he literally dives headfirst into a, uh, a dirty toilet. I think I've seen that oh, scene. Boy. <laughs> so, um, I don't know. I'm just looking through uh, other Danny Boyle films here. Even like Steve Jobs. Um, we watched that, right, Becca? Yeah. And have you seen it? Nope. So even like Steve Jobs, um, he kind of runs, again, spoilers for Steve Jobs. That was a little more recent. So 2015. You'd be excused for not seeing it, so if you don't want Steve Jobs spoilers, I guess plug your ears for right now. Um, <laughs> even in that one, there's kind of the thread that runs throughout with his daughter, and he ends that movie on kind of a, a heartfelt note, if you will, because they're up on the parking garage, and he's like, what does he say? She has her, no, she has, she has like a notebook, or she has like an article or something. He's like, I'm not going to go to my press conference until I read your notebook. She's like, don't be stupid. You're gonna start late. And he's like, then start late. Whatever. You know what I mean? Like, and he kind of makes that the the emotional climax of the film. So I don't know. I have I have a little bit of a hard time with that with Danny Boyle. That I feel like all the the endings are a little too happy. Um, and I understand that this is kind of a a love letter to Bollywood. Um, and I think that that's also a Bollywood thing. But I don't know. I think that the I, I'm curious to get you guys' opinion on this. But I feel like. Like a lot of stuff happened, and like the deck is really stacked against him. Like it seems a little fortuitous that they would just, you know, she just shows up at the train station. Yeah, I agree with some of that. Like it does kind of fall together almost too perfectly in the movie. But I am of a different opinion where I love happy movies, <laughs> <laughs> and I loved it because. We did get to see a lot of tough and hard things, but we came out of it 
feeling better and happy. And the idea that, like, some lucky people could be lucky, maybe. <laughs> but even, even, like, as we were watching it, um, the, the ending, he, um, he, he, like, jumps across the train tracks. <laughs> and Becca was even like, oh, he's probably just going to get hit by a train. <laughs> <laughs> just seemed most likely. Like, don't jump across train tracks. You're sure. going to get hit by a train. I mean, I imagine that he looked both ways, but still. Um, it didn't I, show him looking both ways. He was looking straight at Latika. Yeah. Is that her name? Right? You just yeah. offended everybody. <laughs> what? You, no, just, you right. just offended so many people by pronouncing that right. Well, wrong. I'm sorry. All of India is going to ban our I podcast. I pronounced that wrong. Latika. That's exactly what I said. <laughs> check, check the tapes. I don't know, Sid. What do you think about the ending? Um, I thought it was good. I. I do like a happy ending, but um, I can definitely agree with Andrew that um, not all movies are going to have that great resolution that you want, and sometimes that's what makes it such a good movie. Um, But in this one, I feel like the happy ending was deserved, and it felt natural for the movie because he'd gone through so much, and you're kind of just rooting for him the whole time. Um, You just, you know, you want him to get this win, and... um, yeah, so I would love to know if it was based, if true to the story. I would also love to know if there was that dance number in real life. Um, I can only assume. I would definitely <laughs> hope so. So let's get started researching that, figure it out. So, I don't know, even as I'm thinking about it right here, like, the beginning frame of the movie, it does the whole, like, why did this guy win a million dollars? And it's like, he cheated or he was a genius. And then the answer is, it was written. Mm-hmm. And that kind of runs throughout um, the Hunger Games looking guy. Um, tells him like, Caesar well, Flickerman. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, everybody just did the... I can't whistle. So. The one <laughs> thing you do is weird. not breathe into a mic, so we're just going to whistle instead. <laughs> I'm so sorry, everyone. <laughs> no, um, Hopefully that didn't sound too gross. Yeah, so the uh, the Hunger Games looking guy is even like, well, maybe it is written. And then he gives him the wrong answer. It's a big douche. But, um, yeah, that kind of runs throughout. And then in the end, it like grays out all the other things, and it just says, it is written. So, and then even there's that kind of cheesy line where he like leans in and kisses her scar and Becca's like, oh, that's so sweet. (laughs) And then... I love a good love story. He's like, it's like, this is our destiny. So maybe that's it. I mean, maybe that's the point of the movie is they just had a happy destiny. that's what I was thinking. Yeah, I was actually going to bring that up too when Sid was talking that that was a very common theme because even when he was younger, he was telling her like, this is our destiny because he kept finding her. Um, so I think that's another theme of the movie is just destiny in general and how sometimes things just work out because they work out and maybe it's destiny. So I'm okay with the happy ending. Um, what is, what's your favorite film with a sad ending, Becca? Um, putting you on the spot. I I don't like sad (laughs) endings. (laughs) Not one movie with a sad ending. I can't think of a movie with a sad ending right now. You'd have to, like, give me a list, and then I'd have to decide. 
Boy in the Striped Pajamas. I haven't seen that. It has a sad ending. Okay. It's a real sad one. <laughs> um, so interesting enough, I'm looking here. Um, nobody, not a single person in this film that won Best Picture was nominated for acting. Yeah, I saw that too. Not a single one. Wow. It was some good acting. No. Right? So obviously Dev Patel killed it. Mm-hmm. Does a good job, especially because they, they do a good job grooming his character, I think. To show how he's witty and smart and came up on the streets and blah, blah, blah. But he's also very unassuming. Correct. You wouldn't expect him to be like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then you got uh, Bruno Mars <laughs> featuring heavily in this film. Um, Many people don't know this is where Bruno Mars got his start. Is it? <laughs> yeah. You can see him in the back of the dance number uh, <laughs> rehearsing for the video for 24 Karat Magic. <laughs> Um, That's a little Easter egg for you guys, right there. <laughs> um, so, in the course of twenty minutes, I've ruined my credibility. Sid's lost her credibility. Mm. Becca I didn't have even, any to begin with. Becca can't even think of a movie with a sad ending. <laughs> We're going for a great start, guys. <laughs> um, so what? I guess what performances really stood out to you guys? I honestly thought the kids, like when they were all young was amazing Mm -hmm. i'm always amazed at like children actors and how well they can act like i thought they were really good when they were younger have you seen room Mm -hmm. that one jacob trembley yeah you want to make me ball like a child he is so (laughs) talented and he's like nine years old already amounted to more than i have so man some real talent there (laughs) seriously I mean, some girl went on Dr. Phil and said, catch me outside, and is already more famous than any of us. So, wow. What are we doing low. with our lives, guys? Um, no, but I agree. I think that, I, think, I don't know, I think that's another uh, kind of testament to Danny Boyle, because I think that a lot of times it gets forgotten like, how important the role of a director is in getting a good performance out of a child actor. But I agree, I think that they freaking killed it those little kids that I won't even try and say their names because I don't want to offend anybody, but they are wonderful actors. And I wonder, I wonder if they've done anything since then. I don't know. Sid, what, what performances stood out to you? Um, yeah, no, I agree completely with the kids. Um, yeah. Cause I've always wondered when I watch movies with kids and like, they, they know their lines and they can, um, perform with such emotion. Like I, when I was younger, I wanted to be an actor so bad, and I tried it, and I was absolutely terrible. And I'm just so just in awe at every actor, but especially child actors. And, yeah, I do wonder about the process that uh, directors have and that parents have with their kids to take a kid who maybe has some natural talent and just throw them in front of a camera and um, give them pointers and help them, you know, sell this role. Um, so yeah, I thought the kids were great. Dev Patel, of course, was great. Um, I don't know her name, but the um, the girl who played oh shoot, I forgot her. Uh, Latika. Uh, I thought she was really good. Um, yeah, uh, solid performances across the board, especially Bruno Mars. Yeah, Bruno Mars did a great job. He did really good. It was a very defined chin in this movie. <laughs> Also, um, curious, 
What do you guys think he was doing with the money in the bathtub? Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Is that supposed to be symbolic of something? I'm not totally sure. I feel like it was just kind of like a slap in the face. Like, well, this is going to be a spoiler, but kill me in the bathtub while it's full of money. Like, Yeah. I kind of wanted him to burn it. I thought yeah. he was at first. I really wanted him to burn it. Darn it. It's a, there's a, a scene in Fargo, the TV show, that I always get confused with that scene. That they, somebody hides in the bathroom and there's a shootout. So, but again, I just, I really wanted him to burn that cash. <laughs> that would have been great. I don't know. Maybe it was like symbolic of, I don't know. It kind of seemed like throughout the movie he was doing everything for himself and doing everything kind of to get gained, um, you know, make more money. So maybe he was, um, you know, obviously he had a a moment of selflessness and uh, maybe that was him symbolically putting himself, you know, before the money, putting others before the money. And I don't know, maybe. Could be. But that dude was smoking like a chimney from like day one. That's true. So you're telling me he didn't have a lighter on him? Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I just don't. He's always got booze on him, so you just pour that in there right? and light it up. Just, Would have been easy. Just burn the money. I mean, he shot the dude, the Javid, mm-hmm. Jafar. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. So, I mean, he got, he, he got his revenge, mm-hmm. but I don't know, man. Like, what a, it turned out to be a, a stand-up dude at the end. It's kind of cool. I, I liked how that was another thing that um, I really kind of noticed is how they uh, developed both characters. So for both brothers, for both, um, what are their names? Salim and was Jamal. Jamal. I remember Salim, but not Jamal. Not the main character. Yeah, right. <laughs> so um, I, I, I was really impressed how they developed both of their characters as well as their relationship. Um, I think that one of uh, kind of the more important scenes is at the beginning when Jamal jumps into the poopy and he gets the, but then he gets the, uh, the actor's <laughs> autograph and his brother immediately goes and sells it. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought, I don't know, that scene for me established their relationship really well. Um, but then, you know, they kind of hustle together, but Salim is always a little bit more hardcore. Um, and then heartbreaking when they're in the hotel and he kicks Jamal out. Like, I mean, I guess we're left to assume what happened, but I think probably not great things. Um, but then when he comes back and, you know, they're still brothers, but he doesn't like him anymore. And, um, there's that moment where Jamal is like, I'll never forgive you for this. And Salim is like, I know. He kind of whispers it under his breath. So like just between us and him. Um, but I don't know. It seemed like maybe he kept trying to make it up to his brother or wanted to make it up to his brother. But kind of this urge to be a gangster came through. So at the end, he sees his brother on TV. And he's impressed with him. And I don't know. It was just cool character development. A cool, mm-hmm. a cool arc for Salim. So I thought... Um, his uh, i guess the performance of of both jamal and salim at all three ages uh, was great also the taj mahal sequence so good that was a good one <laughs> he's, what is he saying <laughs> like this was he just starts making stuff up <laughs> and how did she die in a traffic accident in a pile up <laughs> on the way to the hospital 
<laughs> in the 1500s. Maximum pileup. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, just, I wish I was that charismatic. As like a, was he probably 11 there? 12? I don't know. Well, and again, going back to the relationship with the brothers, I think it shows how much they went through together. And when brothers or anyone goes through those kinds of things together, they're connected. So even after Salim like ruins Jamel's life, they're still able to trust each other and help each other out because they're brothers, even though they hate each other at the end. Or not even at the end, at like three quarters. If I uh, stole your girlfriend and then ran off and you didn't see me for several years, would you still trust me? Well, that's a little awkward because I'm your (laughs) wife and I don't have a girlfriend. But if you did and if I stole her. (laughs) I don't think I'd be very happy with you. But would you trust me? No. Because we have been through the slums together. That's fair. That's a fair point. <laughs> what if what if Sid stole your girlfriend? No, I Sid. feel like in this situation, I am Becca's girlfriend. Exactly. So to make this more realistic, you steal me away, and I and I would hate both of you. What am I? But what if <laughs> what if I then went on TV and won a million dollars? I would sue you for the cash. On what grounds? <laughs> I'm your wife. That's not get a divorce. I'd get half alimony. <laughs> she's she's coming for my money, folks. Um. So, long story short, don't steal your wife's girlfriend or your brother's girlfriend. Don't steal anybody's yeah, girlfriend. Don't it's do just it, guys. Don't don't break up a happy relationship for your selfish reasons. Also, don't murder people. That guy had it coming. Yeah, he did, but... Here's the thing. I felt like the moral compass got skewed for them. I don't, I don't hold that against uh, Salim. Salim. I guess. What are you going to do? Here's the thing. When Jamal burst into that room where she's dancing, he, he, when he backs him into a corner, and Salim got him out. I don't hold it against him. Yeah, that's fair. I don't hold it against him once he like, kicks Jamal out of the hotel. And he's all drunk and skeezy. But up until that point, I feel like he's got good grounds. That's fair. He's just trying to live. Yeah. Also, when they, uh, he's like going to steal the, what is it, like a non bread or something like that. And he's hanging oh. off the side of the train. It's <laughs> a great scene. That's a great scene. But then the stupid little fat kid. He didn't have to say anything. Kids. He snitches. He's got enough food, obviously. He doesn't need that. He doesn't need that one piece of non bread. And they, Seriously, when they fall off the train. That scared me so bad. Crap. Also, um, so again, it's been a while since I've seen this. I kept waiting for the scene where uh, they go to the train station and the one brother waits for the other brother, but he never comes back. And then about three quarters of the way through the movie, I remember that that's Lion. <laughs> Wrong Dev Patel movie. So. Wrong Dev Patel movie in India with trains. This is what happens when Dev Patel only stars in like four movies ever. Is like, I can't keep them straight. And then when Nicole Kidman didn't show up, I was just totally lost. <laughs> so, um, yeah, anything else that you guys want to bring up? Um, well, I wanted to bring up something. Just going back to the child actors, I just read this on IMDb. It said that 
director Danny Boyle placed the money to be paid to the three lead child actors in a trust to be released to them upon their completion of grade school at 16 years of age. And then they were also given a driver to take the kids to school every day until they're 16. So I just thought that was a fun fact about the children actors. And they did an awesome job, so they're being taken care of, which is cool. That's right awesome. On. Yeah. Good guy, Danny Boyle. Yeah. Good job, buddy. That's why he's my favorite director. That's why? That's why. Mm. <laughs> Not because he's a good director, just because he's a that. good guy. No, here's the thing. Um, it's kind of odd. This is actually, um, this would probably fall on the lower half for me of Danny Boyle films, but mostly because I feel like a lot of the tendencies that um, make Danny Boyle Danny Boyle for me are a little bit more subdued here. It's still really janky and like i said there's the parts where they kind of speed up and slow down and everything like that but you look at something like 127 hours or even like i said like the last half of sunshine or 28 days later and what i love about danny boyle is that everything is so just kinetic all the time you feel the movement and you feel all of that even in something like steve jobs which is a super dialogue heavy movie he manages to make those scenes exciting there's the the scene in Steve Jobs where Steve is arguing with Jeff Bridges and I don't remember what his name is in the movie, the Pepsi guy. And the camera's like jumping around and cutting between flashbacks and all that kind of stuff. And even a scene where they're just fighting is incredibly kinetic. So while it is on display here, I feel like maybe he did it better in other movies. I don't know if that's an unpopular opinion, but that, that's kind of for me. I think that as far as Danny Boyle films, I like um, Sunshine and Steve Jobs and maybe 127 Hours even better than Slumdog Millionaire, which is why I was kind of, uh, that's why I wanted to look at the uh, other nominees because I was like, there had to be something better. Like, this is a great movie, but like, Best Picture, I'm not so sure. But there just wasn't anything better that year. 2008, step it up, guys. <laughs> so, I don't know. What's your favorite Danny Boyle movie? Um, well, the only one I've ever, ever seen of his was 127 Hours, and we clear played it, so I didn't get to see, like, the... Was it, like, eight minutes long? Pretty much. <laughs> so, and I was, I was probably, like, 13 when I saw it. Um, but yeah, solid movie. Gotta rewatch that one again. I will rewatch it, and I will get we'll, back to you. We gotta watch 127 Hours, then. Okay, next yeah, time. Yeah, I do. What's your favorite Danny Boyle movie, Rebecca? Man, this is hard to choose. It's been a while since I've seen Sunshine, but I remember just absolutely loving it. So I think Sunshine might be my favorite, but I think that I like Slumdog Millionaire better than 127 Hours. They're probably on par for me. Yeah? Yeah. And I thought the directing was great in this movie. I didn't have a problem with it, and I just enjoyed all of it. Just a perfect little bundle of a movie. I just want to watch the <laughs> paper plane scene on repeat. Oh, I know. <laughs> Sequence is just so good. Amazing. All right. So final score out of 10. Danny Boyle's best picture winning Slumdog Millionaire out of 10. Sid, go. I give it uh, 8.3. 8.3. Hmm. I give it an 8.5. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm actually going to fall right in the middle. I'm going to say 8.4. Oh, there we go. <laughs> so an aggregate score <laughs> of 8.4 <laughs> from the podcast 
where we watch movies and then talk about them. <laughs> um, so those are our uh, our thoughts on Slumdog Millionaire. Did you guys have any other thing, thing, any other topics about Slumdog Millionaire you wanted to bring up? I just want to throw out my uh, proposition for Deb Patel one more time. Uh, hit me up, buddy. Deb Patel? You look, you look real good with a beard. So, all right. Standing invitation for Dev Patel to come join the podcast where we watch movies and then talk about them. Yep. Always love to have him. <laughs> Actually, Dev Patel seems like a legitimately nice guy. He's I've seen cool some guy. interviews with him and stuff. There was this one, it was the year that Lion came out. They did this like round table with like Andrew Garfield and, um, what's his name? Guy from Hell or High Water. I don't remember. And Casey Affleck was on there. Chris Pine? No, the old guy. Let's see. Whatever. Um, uh, Casey Affleck was on there. Basically all the Best Picture nominees. I think Denzel Washington was on there. I think that was the year of... Ben Foster? No. No. The old guy. Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges. <laughs> there you go. Um, and basically Dev Patel just sat there kind of with his eyes wide and like listened to everybody else talk. Yeah, I don't know. He just seems like a cool down to earth dude. I gotta watch that. Yeah. Um but what else has been on you guys' radar recently? What have you guys watched? Well, I can't stop thinking about the movie Prisoners that we watched a couple weeks ago. We did watch Prisoners. Uh Denis Villeneuve with uh Jake Gyllenhaal, Hugh Jackman. I mean, just that combination of Jake Gyllenhaal and Hugh Jackman, you can't go wrong. But the movie was really, really good. Also, uh, a very good performance from Paul Dano. Very underrated actor. Yeah. All right, so Prisoners, do you recommend it? Absolutely. Do you like it better or worse than other Denis Villeneuve movies? I don't know other. <laughs> you got Sicario, Arrival, Blade Runner 2049. Oh, Arrival would absolutely be the top one. Arrival's very good. Arrival was so good. Arrival and then Prisoners and then Blade Runner. Uh, Blade Runner 2049. But not Sicario. <laughs> Probably the best movie of the last five years or so. You're so <laughs> biased. <laughs> you, said, you said you've been watching a lot of movies. What's on your radar? Yes, I have been watching a lot. Um, let's think. Uh, today I watched uh, Film Stars Don't Die in Liverpool. Um, what is that? Is that the one where he dates the old lady? Yes. Really good. I really liked it. Um, I cried like a baby at work. And then immediately after, I watched Fruitvale Station, um, which is about, it's about, based on true story of um, a man in California who was shot by police, uh, police brutality. I cried like a baby in that one, too. Um, I've been watching so many movies. Um I just watched Ferris Bueller for the first time yesterday. Wow. I'm 22 years old, and that was the first time I saw it. <laughs> so, lots of movies. It's a, no, it's too it's too much heat for you all. Take the heat, <laughs> Cameron. You can't take the heat. <laughs> great movie. I really liked movie. it. I don't know why I waited so long to watch it. Um, also, shout out to Sid. She's got a huge movie watch list, so and many. she's got a website. What's your website? I do. Um, so I'm very poor and I had to do it on Wix. So it's Wix dot something. Um, Cinema Sid. Um, I will get the link and I will pop it in next time. But yeah, so I got a huge watch list. I've narrowed it down to probably about 
I have probably a little over 100 movies to watch by the end of the year. It's a lot of movies. Yeah. A lot of movies. Yeah, uh, but I knocked off three today, so we're going strong. And well, if you do three a day, that only take you 90 days ish, yeah. 100 days. I don't know. I got nothing else to do this summer. Yeah, why not? Let's do it. Just watch four to eight movies a day. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> no social life. Perfect for me. Love it. <laughs> um, so I don't, I don't know. We went and saw Solo. Oh yeah, we did. Have you seen Solo? Mm-hmm. Okay. So legitimate, uh, this one, I mean, it's only been out for like two weeks. So if you don't want to hear spoilers on Solo, we're going to talk about it for just a second then if you guys are cool with that. Sure. Um, Solo, hot take out of 10. What do you guys think? Mm, I'm not a huge fan of Star Wars, but I thought it was pretty entertaining. I'd give it 6.8. Yeah, I thought it was pretty good, and I kind of like Star Wars. I would, I'd probably give it a seven. So I never really cared about Star Wars. I really, really, really liked Force Awakens, mostly because Kylo Ren is a freaking dope character. Mm-hmm. Um, strongly disliked Rogue One. I was very, very disappointed with Rogue One. Um, they won me back a little bit uh, with The Last Jedi. Uh, basically, if if I could take that movie and just cut out uh, Poe and you mean Finn and Rose when they're on there, Finn, yeah, Finn and Rose. Adventure. If I could just remove them from that movie and make it, would that be like forty minutes shorter? That's not a problem. Yeah, and just have everybody else in it. That'd probably be my favorite Star Wars movie. But they just have that worthless storyline in it. So this one. I had moderate hopes going in. I don't know. I didn't really care that much, but then people were like, oh, it's better than you think it's going to be. So I'd probably, I'd probably end up giving it like a six and a half, but it was good. It was entertaining. Um, Woody Harrelson killed it as he does. Donald Um, Glover did amazing. I love him. Always. Jeez. (laughs) That mustache, the capes. Check out my screensaver. Oh, Oh, wow. She probably has Donald Glover (laughs) on Um, her phone. In case you folks at home can't see it. uh, Yeah. Donald Glover is my screensaver. Um, Standing invitation, Donald Glover. Either yes. Dev Patel, Donald Glover. We'll take both. I love it. We do only have three mics right now, so we'll just switch out. Bring yeah. your own mic. Bring I'll your, tap out for a Dev Patel or uh, <laughs> Donald Glover. Bring your own mic <laughs> if you've got any language. Byom, bring um, your own mic. But I would, I would prioritize getting Donald Glover on the podcast. I would probably have I would say agree that. with that. Yeah, yeah. I got some questions to ask him. Where's the next childish album? <laughs> When's it happening? Do you know it's his last one? He he said that the last one was his last one. I saw that he's doing one more in it, and then he's killing off Childish Gambino. Also, where is Atlanta season two? Right. This is what happens when Donald Glover is too good at too many things. Seriously, he doesn't have time to do them all. He's gotta listen to us. He's gotta prioritize. Let's get the new album out. Get a new season. Okay, so Donald Obviously, Glover. Obviously, our podcast most important. Obviously. Donald Glover, here is your to do list. Come on our podcast. That's number one. Number two, you can't just drop This Is America and then not come out with an album. Uh, number three, Atlanta season two. Um, number four, Marry Me. Number after, five. You've, after you've done all those other things. Yes. Yeah. If and only if. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, I, so are we, are we starting a solo trilogy now? Is that what's happening? Because they kind of like threw in Darth Maul at the end. Mm-hmm. It's like, are we getting sequels here? Is this going to be a thing? I don't know. Does anybody know? 
I don't know. I feel like it's getting a little bit unnecessary. Because, I mean, I yeah, I enjoyed it. Prequels are fine. But, I mean, we didn't really need it. Yeah, it was entertaining. So, I think... But I wouldn't be against them doing another one. I'm neither here nor there on it. I just think, give me more movies with Darth Maul. Because he's cool. <laughs> Spiky head. I don't know. <laughs> Here's the thing, I will say this, uh, full spoilers here, at the, I guess, word there, but at the end, he, like, stands up and he's talking to, um... Kira. Is that her name? Yeah. All I could see was freaking Daenerys Targaryen. <laughs> um, he's like, you and I will be working much more closely together, and then he just, like, totally unnecessarily starts up his lightsaber. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, dude, you're, you're a hologram. Like, you can't do what, anything. What are you gonna do? What are you trying to scare her? Are you? What's, what's the point? But it's you know that it's just like the the screenwriter was just like we gotta throw that in for the nerds. Yeah, he just had a huge hard on to get the freaking lightsaber in there. So, so many nerds are just creaming themselves at that part. It's true. I was it. I was reading about it. Apparently, uh, so Darth Maul, as we all know, in uh, the Phantom Menace chopped in half by obi-wan kenobi yes i did um, i did know that he uh interestingly enough he had the low ground when he chops darth maul in half but then makes a big deal about telling anakin that he has the high ground so really how important is the high ground i don't know he chops darth maul in half and then apparently at some point uh so darth maul's like rage against obi-wan keeps him alive which i don't think that's how biology works but in any case, and then they build him like a mechanical lower half. So supposedly in the hologram for uh, for Darth Maul at the end, he has like robot legs. Oh. So didn't pay attention. apparently it fits in with the canon of the Clone Wars animated series, which I know we're all huge fans of. Huge. Huge fan scene. Love it. Every episode. <laughs> so More than three times each wow yeah it's almost as many times as i've seen the last airbender featuring <laughs> dev patel <laughs> um but yeah solo it, it surprised me it was good the action was good um the performances were really good i really wish that people who write uh star wars movies could figure out how human beings talk though because like the dialogue is just so clunky in all of it like yeah yeah. I feel like they just like read the script for uh, I don't know, like Oliver Twist or something. <laughs> Please, sir, can I have some more? But like they get out there and they're like, "We're gonna get out of here." Yes, we're gonna get out of here, but it's gonna be tough. But I love you, so we're gonna get out of here. And it's like, okay, well they're gonna get split up. Like, <laughs> telegraph it a little bit more. I don't know. I just want them to speak like human beings. That's all. And nobody talks like that. Well, I mean, some of the characters aren't human beings. That's true. So, Chewbacca doesn't have to speak like a human that's being. That's true. <laughs> Very true. So, um, yeah. Anything else you guys want to bring up? I don't think so. Nope. That's about it. All right. That's what we've been watching. Uh, we'll do this again very soon. Yeah. And we'll have another hot take for you. So, basically, the idea here, if you didn't pick up on it, is that we watch movies and then we talk about them. But, like, immediately after. So you get our hot takes and our uh, IMDb searching. We should have just, like, a research assistant that just pulls up IMDb trivia. And is like, 
That's usually me, but I try and pay attention when we're going to be podcasting about it. So maybe beforehand. Beforehand, do some IMDb trivia research. All right, I'll get on that, guys. I'm so sorry. I did such a bad job this time. So send all of your fun Slumdog Millionaire facts directly to Sid. Mm -hmm. She wants them. Send them to uh, kidneybean52. That is my professional email. Kidneybean. Kidneybean. All right. All right. Thanks, guys. Anything else you want to throw in? No. Thanks for listening. Big thanks Thanks, to our sponsor, my parents' house. Yep. Couldn't do it without them. (laughs) And Guitar Hero for these microphones. (laughs) Even though Guitar Hero is out of business. But thanks. We have the most professional setup in the world. (laughs) Don't worry, guys. We're legit. We know what we're doing. We're in a studio right now. Yeah. Um, so no, these microphones are pretty terrible. So if there's a lot of like, <sighs> like breathing noise or um, like this, this is the mic moving around. Um, <laughs> sorry. Uh, we'll get there. So to those of you who are still here, thank you. And we'll see you on the next one. <laughs>